Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. I'm back here with another solo episode discussing discussing a historical figure, uh, an icon to some. Um, a very relevant person in my eyes still to this day, um, despite the amount of time that's passed, and his name is Spartacus. Actually, no one really knows his real name, but it was a name that was given to him because of how he fought. I'll just go over a little bit of a Wikipedia um, intro here, um, and then I'll briefly discuss what I know and what we can learn together today. So I hope you guys are you know, kicking back and cozy, and um, you maybe have a snack, maybe you have your, your joint in hand, whatever the case may be. But um, let's get into this. So Spartacus lived from 103 to 71 BC. He was 32 years old when he died. But moving forward from that, Spartacus was a Thracian gladiator who, alongside with Crixus, Gannicus, Castus, and Onimaeus, was one of the escaped slave leaders in the Third Servile War, a major slave uprising against the Roman Republic. Little is known about him beyond the events of the war, and surviving historical counts are sometimes contradictory. All sources agree that he was a former gladiator and an accomplished military leader. This rebellion, interpreted by some as an example of oppressed people fighting for their freedom against a slave-owning oligarchy, has provided inspiration for many political thinkers and has been featured in literature, television, and film. The philosopher Voltaire described the Third Servile War as the only just war in history. Although this interpretation is not specifically con- contradicted by classical historians, no historical account mentions that the goal was to end slavery in the Republic. So pretty much what they're saying there is that this, this war really had no purpose, but the underlying potential cause and motivation of said war was to end slavery. But there was no actual communication nor evidence to support the fact that Spartacus and his army were attempting to end slavery. They just wanted to be free themselves and uh, they, they gained power as you well. Um, the Greek essayist Plutarch describes Spartacus as a Thracian of nomadic stock in a possible reference to the Maidai tribe. Um, Appian says he was a Thracian by birth who had once served as a soldier with the Romans, but had since been a prisoner and sold for a gladiator. So right there, it shows that he was a Thracian, um, which if you guys don't know where, you know, Thrace was, it's modern day Bulgaria. I, 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 yeah, no, modern day, modern day Bulgaria around that area. Um, so you know, when you break it down to back in those times, it was definitely like a a tribal, barbaric, kind of barren wasteland, minimal food, resources, barely any structure of government, if, if, if any government at all. Um, Moving forward here, Flores described him as one who, from a Thracian mercenary, had become a Roman soldier that had deserted and became enslaved, and afterward, from consideration of his strength, a gladiator. The authors the authors refer to the Thracian tribe of the Maidai, which occupied the area of southern western fringes of Thrace, along its border with the Roman province of Macedonia, present day 
southwestern Bulgaria. Plutarch also writes that Spartacus's wife, a prophetess of the Maidai tribe, was enslaved with him. So his lady was apparently taken um, by the Romans alongside Spartacus. And she was a prophetess which, in, in common or easy terms to say, she potentially had, you know, visions or maybe she had the ability to potentially speak to the gods um, or Thracian gods, if you will. The name Spartacus is otherwise manifested in the Black Sea region. Five out of twenty kings of the Thracian Spartacid dynasty of the Cimmeranian ah my gosh I'm butchering these names Cimmeranian uh, Bosporus and Pontus are known to have borne it, and a Thracian quote unquote Sparta quote unquote Spartacus or Spartacus father of Sethus. I of the Ordisae, excuse me, I'm butchering these names, this is very hard, uh, is also known. One modern author estimates that Spartacus was around 30 years old at the time he started his revolution, which would put his birth year around 103 BC. So, briefly summarizing, obviously we learned the location of Thrace, where he was born, where he came from, um, like the southwestern regions, but... These authors and 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 gossipers, if you will, like uh, Plutarch and Florus, they talk about him as this man who wronged Rome, and they uh, they they say this commonly here that he dis he deserted Rome's rule, and that caused him to become a slave, and then due to him showing his strength, he was able to become a gladiator and have somewhat of a of a better life than a slave back then some would argue not but i would argue you know you have a little bit more freedom you get to train you, you know you probably get fed better in the ludus which again if you guys haven't watched the spartacus review you would know the ludus is a school of gladiator training um moving forward here according to the different uh differing sources and their interpretation spartacus was a captive taken by the legions Spartacus was trained at the gladiatorial school, a.k.a. Ludus, just talking about that, near Capua, belonging to Lentulius Batiates. And, uh, obviously, if you've watched, or, excuse me, watched Spartacus or listened to our Spartacus review, you would know a little bit about Batiates, and it's really cool. The show used real characters, you know, drawn from lure and folktale from people in the real world to make that show, and I love that show. Um, he was a heavy gladiator called Mermillo. These fighters carried a long, a, a large oblong shield, which also was called a, a scutum, um, and used a sword with a, a broad straight blade, which is also called a gladius, about 18 inches long. Um, in, in 73 BC, Spartacus was among a group of gladiators plotting an escape. About 70 slaves were a part of this plot. Though few in number, they... They seized kitchen utensils, fought their way free from the school, and seized several wagons of gladiatorial weapons and armor. They escaped. The escaped slaves defeated soldiers sent after them, plundered the the region surrounding Capua, so they kind of just you know pirated everything, took valuables, armor, weapons, everything you kind of need to kind of make your own 
little encampment type shit, recruited many other slaves in the ranks and eventually retired to a more defensible position on Mount Vesuvius, which I, this is one of my favorite stories and you guys can take a look and look up Mount Vesuvius and just realize why it's so cool that something significant happened there. Just, just do yourself a favor, a little Google search. Once free, the escaped gladiators chose Spartacus and two Gallic slaves, Crixus and Onimaeus, as their leaders. Although Roman authors assumed that the escaped slaves were a uh, homogeneous group with Spartacus as their leader, they may have projected their own hierarchical view of military leadership onto the spontaneous organization, reducing other slave leaders to subordinate positions in their accounts. So they actually had structure. They, they built a military leadership. Um, they, they had a foundation and they had, you know, good leaders in good positions, which also put other people in position to succeed as well. Um, now this is something in the third servile world, uh, war, which was the slave revolution against Rome. The response of the Romans was hampered by the absence of the Roman legions, which were engaged in fighting a revolt in Hispania and the third Mithridatic uh, war. Furthermore, the Romans considered the rebellion more a policing matter than a war. Rome dispatched militia under the command of Praetor Gaius Claudius Glaber, a man who was definitely well known back then. They called him Glaber the Fool. His rage really did uh, kind of control him. Um, but moving forward here again, who besieged Spartacus and his camp on Mount Vesuvius, hoping that starvation would force Spartacus to surrender. They were taken by surprise when Spartacus used ropes made from vines to climb down the steep side of the volcano with his men and attack the unfortified Roman camp in the rear, killing most of the militia. So he fooled Glaba. The rebels also defeated a second expedition against them, nearly capturing the Praetor Commander, which that's a big deal. A Praetor is a big title. Killing his lieutenants and seizing the military equipment. Due to these successes, more and more slaves flocked to the Spartacan forces, as did many of the herdsmen and shepherds of the region, swelling their ranks to 70,000. At its height, Spartacus's army included many different peoples, including Celts, Gauls, and others. Due to previous social war from 91 BC to 87 BC, some of Spartacus's ranks were legion veterans of slaves that joined Spartacan Spartacus's ranks, many were from the countryside, rural slaves that lived life that better prepared them to fight in Spartacus's army. So they had experience, they had fight-ready people. In contrast, urban slaves were more used to city life and were considered privileged and lazy. Which, I mean, in terms of what they were attempting to do, I can see why that presented a problem. People that were in those city positions as a slave wanted to get out and they had every right to, but they didn't offer any benefit in combat. In these altercations, Spartacus, is, uh, Spartacus proved to be an excellent tactician, suggesting that he may have had previous military experience. Though rebels lacked military training, they displayed skillful use of available local materials and unusual tactics, tactics against the disciplined Roman armies. They spent the winter of 73-72 to 72 BC training, arming, and equipping their new recruits and expanding their raiding territory to include the towns of Nola, Nucretia, Thuri, and Metoponum. 
The distance between these locations and the subsequent events indicate that the slaves operated in two groups commanded by the remaining leaders, Spartacus and Crixus. In the spring of 72 BC, the rebels left their winter encampments and began to move northward. At the same time, the Roman Senate, alarmed by the defeat of the Praetorian forces, dispatched a pair of consular legions under the command of Lucius Gellius and Gnaeus Cornelius Lentulius Claudinius. What a name! The two legions were initially successful, defeating a group of 30,000 rebels commanded by Crixus near Mount Garganus and then they were defeated by Spartacus. These defeats were depicted in divergent ways by the two most comprehensive um, extent uh, histories of the war by Appian and Plutarch. Alarmed and the continued threat possible, uh, I mean, and alarmed at the continued threat posed by slaves, the Senate charged Marcus Lin, uh, Lincinius Crassus, the wealthiest man in Rome, and the only volunteer for the position. With the ending, the rebellion. With ending the rebellion, they they put the richest man in Rome in charge of putting down this rebellion. Crassus was put in part uh, put in charge of eight legions, numbering upwards of forty thousand trained Roman soldiers. He treated these with uh, these men with harsh discipline, reviving the punishment of decimation, in which one tenth of his men were slain to make more of to make them more afraid of him and their enemy. When Spar- which pretty much, if you guys don't know what decimation was, apparently it was kind of like the luck of the draw. If you if you draw a black rock, you're safe. If you draw a white rock, you're going to get beat with a club in the center of five guys to death. Um, so that, that was, you know, something that you didn't see back then at all. But um, when Spartacus and his followers, who were unclear, for unclear reasons, had, reti- had retreated to the south of Italy moved northward again in early 71 BC. Crassus deployed six of his legions on the borders of the region and detached his uh, legate Mummius with two legions to maneuver behind Spartacus. Though ordered not to engage the rebels, Mummius attacked at a seemingly opportune moment but was routed. After this, Crassus's legions were victorious in several engagements, forcing Spartacus farther south through Lucania and as Crassus. Um, gained the upper hand by the end of 71 BC, Spartacus was encamped in Reugium, um, also known as Regio Calabria, near the Strait of Messina. According to Plutarch, Spartacus made a bargain with Sicilian pirates to transport him and some 2,000 of his men to Sicily, where he intended to incite another slaver's uh, revolt and gather reinforcements. However, he was betrayed by the pirates who took the payment and abandoned the rebels, Minor sources mention that there were uh, some attempts at the raft and shipbuilding by the rebels as a means to escape, but uh, that crit, uh, that Crassus took unspecified measures to ensure the rebels could not cross to Sicily, and their efforts were abandoned. Spartacus' forces they were, uh, ret- um, retreated toward Regium. Spartacus, mm, Spartacus's forces then retreat more towards Regium. Crassus's legions followed and upon arrival built fortifications across um, Ischimus, like a, a long stretch of land, apparently, um, at, at Regium. Despite harassing raids from the rebels, the rebels were now under siege and cut, out, um, cut off from their supply lines. So, 
At this time, the legions of Pompey returned from Hispania and were ordered to the Senate to head south and aid Crassus. Crassus feared that Pompey's involvement would deprive him of the credit for defeating Spartacus himself. Hearing of Pompey's involvement, Spartacus tried to make a truce with Crassus. When Crassus refused, Spartacus and his army broke through the Roman fortifications and headed to Brundusium. Brundusium, excuse me, with Crassus's legion in pursuit. When the legions managed to to catch a portion of the rebels separated from the main army. Discipline among Spartacus' forces broke down as small groups independently attacked the oncoming legions. Spartacus now turned his forces around and brought his entire strength uh, of his army to, the, to bear on the legions in a last stand, in which the rebels were routed completely, with the vast majority of them being killed on the battlefield. The final battle saw... The assumed defeat of Spartacus in 71 BC took, play, took place in, present, in the present territory of Senarchia, on the right bank of the river Sele, in the area that includes with the border of Alavito Citra, up to those of uh, Calabrito near the village of Quiligeta, uh, in the high Sele Valley, which at a time was a part of Luke. Uh, Lucania in this area since 1899, there have been finds of armor and swords of Roman of the Roman era. Plutarch, Appian, and Florus all claim that Spartacus died during the battle, but Appian also reports that his body was never found. Six thousand survivors of the revolt captured by the legions uh, by the legions of Crassus were crucified, lining the Appian Way from Rome to Capua. So, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Appian Way, but that, that's just an atrocity in itself. But, um, to sum up that, and I know that was a lot, um, pretty much it just kind of goes and shows and, and explains what the entire revolution's, like, the context, like, what happened, the, the battles, the movements by the armies, the, the dispatches by the Rome Senate, and, you know, it, um... It, it did it pretty well for Wikipedia, you know, and I, obviously this is Wikipedia, take it with a grain of salt, but, you know, why would they, why would anyone lie about the story of Spartacus? This is a good story to, to inspire people, to tell people, to inform people on, because he was a very, like, this is one of the first slave revolutions of all time. Like, come on. How are we not learning about this in fucking school? Like, this is a need to know. Um... I could talk about the objectives. Classical historians were divided as to the motives of Spartacus. None of Spartacus's actions overtly suggest that he aimed at reforming Roman society or abolishing slavery. Plutarch writes that Spartacus wished to escape north into Cisipline Gaul and disperse his men back to their homes. If escaping the Italian peninsula was indeed his goal, it is not clear why Spartacus turned south after defeating the legions commanded by the uh, Consuls Lucius Publicola and um, Gaius Claudinus, which left his force a clear passage over the Alps. So apparently there was something that happened. He had a he had a clear path to escape with his army, but he he stayed. No one knows why, and he even went south. Hmm. Only I guess uh, if you were there, you knew. Appian and Florus write that he intended to march on Rome itself 
Appian also states that he later abandoned that goal, which might have been no more than a reflection of Roman fears. Based on the events in late uh, 73 BC and early 72 BC, which suggest independently operating groups of escaped slaves and a statement by Plutarch, it appears that some of the escaped slaves preferred to plunder Italy rather than escape over the Alps. So this discusses, I guess, the objectives of this entire war on each side. We know what Rome was trying to do. It was a policing issue to them. But for this, it was people's lives. They, they wanted to get out of there. You know, they were slaves. So it was a terrible life to live. And uh, that, that's just interesting to, to think about. Did he want to march on Rome? And then he hesitated. I mean, because it talks about it like... They say that he had a clear passageway over the Alps to, to escape. But he moved south. And if his goal was actually to, to get his men and all his people to back to their homes and their homelands, you know, why not escape there? But if his goal was to march on Rome, why not send your full force at Rome? Just very interesting, you know, what what was going on? You know, that's just such a such a interesting thought. But, um, no, I, I think Spartacus should be more taught, more studied, more looked into. I, I, I think it's a crucial, crucial story that we do not know enough about. Spartacus died 71 BCE, leader in the gladiatorial war 73 to 71 BCE against Rome. A Thracian by birth, Spartacus served in the Roman army, perhaps deserted, led banded raids, and was caught and sold as a slave. With about 70 fellow gladiators, he escaped a gladiatorial training school in Capua. So it's really cool that we just get to learn about how he was in Eleutis, how he was a legitimate gladiator, how this man led a slave revolution against Rome in apparently the third servile war which might be like the third domestic roman war but he raised an army of 70,000 troops at one point like and and they were you know common people hungry injured old children that were slaves and he got all those people to come together and try and work on a common goal and I just think that's amazing. You know, the leadership you must have had. I mean, to be able to captivate and inspire. Not only that, but guide people down a path that is not only best for you, but it's best for them. I mean, you have to have the awareness of, a, of an eagle, of a, of a lion. And I, I am truthfully infatuated with the Spartacus story. Not because I love the TV show by stars, but just because of like how inspirational that is and how that could be used today in such a positive way. And you'd captivate so many little kids talking about Spartacus. Like there just needs to be more of that kind of inspiration using history to teach lessons on how we break some of these bad patterns in life of, of just any kind of oppression by any government type shit. 
But, like, it's just one of those stories that I think we could all still learn something from. So, I mean, if you are a fan of Spartacus and if you're a fan of, you know, some of that lore and, and folktale and history, then, you know, make sure you check out the show and make sure you do some research yourself. I, I kind of just went over some of the basics and tried to summarize it to the best of my ability. But um, definitely make sure you guys, if you want, check out YouTube. There's a ton of really cool videos on Spartacus and, um, and Crixus, his right-hand man made a march on Rome himself with a small detachment of slaves, and um, I, I don't exactly know where Crixus fell, but if I'm talking about Spartacus, I gotta talk about Crixus. So bear with me while I pull up some information here. Crixus died 72 BC, was a Gallic gladiator and a military leader in the Third Servile War. Between the Roman Republic and rebel slaves, born in Gaul, he was enslaved by the Romans under unknown circumstances and trained as a gladiator in Capua. His name means one with curly hair in Gaulish. That's pretty cool. Crixus. In 73 BC, Crixus was a part of what started a small slave, not a small, I think that's a massive slave, a, a slave revolution in the gladiatorial training school of Lentunius Batiatis in Capua. And obviously he was with Spartacus. Um, I just want to know, for the for reasons that are unclear, Crixus and about 30,000 followers appear to have separated from Spartacus and the main body of escaped slaves. Towards the end of 73 BC, contemporary historians have theorized two possible reasons for the split. One theory proposes that Crixus and his followers were intent on plundering the Roman countryside and perhaps marching on Rome, while Spartacus and his followers wanted to cross the Alps to reach Gaul and freedom. A second theory is that they split and had strategic value and was planned by Spartacus and Crixus as a way to further their strategic goals. However, Spartacus's actions raise more questions about their intentions. Both accounts by Appian and Plutarch state that after Spartacus defeated Lentulius, he turned back and attacked an army behind him. In one account, it was Gellius's armor, uh, army. In the other, it was an unnamed Roman force. Whatever the reason for the split, Crixus' contingent encountered a Roman army under the command of Roman consul Lucius Gellius Publicola near Mount Gargano in 72 BC. The two consular legions under the command of Publicolo were deployed defensively along the crest of a hill, while the slaves led by Crixus made three unsuccessful attacks up a steep slope. Crixus, who is said to have fought bravely in a losing effort, was killed in the conflict. Spartacus, on hearing the defeat of Crixus and his forces, held mock gladiatorial games in which he forced captured Roman soldiers to fight and fight to the death. Either three or four hundred Roman Either three or four hundred Romans were sacrificed in Crixus's honor, which that's amazing. In popular culture, uh, Crixus was yeah, no, he's been de uh, depicted very well by whoever's played him. Shout out Manu Bennett, you're a G. Um, yeah, no, Crixus is another interesting character that deserves a discussion as well, but. Um, I mean, you talk about legends, and you talk about lore and history, and 
and, and all those things that you can really kind of dive into. This is something that I personally have really enjoyed doing. And if you guys want more episodes of, of this, please, you know, let us know on Instagram and Twitter at Tea Time Reports. And uh, definitely let us know if you guys uh, found anything inter- interesting about the Spartacus story yourself. But this is Trevor, and uh, well, I'm, with t- I'm with Tea Time Reports. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little tongue-tied. I got off my shift a little earlier, so kind of a kind of a you know a long night, but a early morning for me type shit. So um, you know, everyone out there, you know, whenever, wherever, however you're listening to this, have a great fucking day or a great night. So take care. This is Trevor with Tea Time. Signing off. Peace.